It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy. Connacht 23, Leicester 29. It's a home win for the men from Welford Road. It's a last-minute bonus point from Connacht. Coming up on today's podcast, we're going to have from BBC Radio, Chris Edgerton. Uh, we're also going to hear from Andy Friend and Jack Carty. We're going to have highlights from the commentary. Dave Finn's on tour with us. He's going to be here with Alan for the in-game. Let's just introduce everyone. Alan. Hi, Rob. Yeah, great to be here on the, the Crumby Stand, sponsored by Breeden. As I got it wrong earlier on. I'll, I'll, Previous I'll podcast for it. club members. I'll own up to it, I'll own up to it. But yeah, fabulous old stand, 1920s, wooden seats. So yeah, I think they've got rid of the asbestos. I was just looking at the cameraman, where the cameraman had to crawl down. Look at those wooden, look at those. Like, seriously, that's, that's some bravery to be up there. And, and I know you, we're on a podcast, you can't see it. That's fine, he's grand. He threw down the bag, yeah. he came down the rope ladder, he's okay. All right, William Davis, how are you? I'm good, Rob, I'm good. Good. It was a good fun game. We love being here. We're very honoured to be here. We had to jump through a lot of hoot, uh, going through all the protocols properly. Um, worth it. Yes, it's a fabulous ground. It's a proper rugby ground. It's a, it has a different bite. We've been in some of the Meccano grounds that you have. Not going to knock them because they're you know they're different to what we have in the sports ground. But this has the feeling of a proper rugby game with a proper rugby support. They made a hell of a racket. They were a bit worried at one stage. They were a bit worried, and they were under Leicester were under pressure. So were their fans because they want to keep this winning run going. Great crack. Really enjoyed it. Uh, it was worth all the effort to get here. Would have taken a losing bonus point before this game on tour with Craggy Rugby. Dave Finn, welcome along. Greetings, everyone. Um, Leicester now have 13 from 13. The record in the professional era, as far as I'm aware, for an English team is 16 from 16. If they get to 16, match 17 is in the sports ground. Mm, that was good research. I like that. Hey, in this game, I said it in the previous podcast for our club and executive members that we had out like the evening of the game. You guys are listening to this, uh, well, a little bit later than the club and executive members as well because we give them a little bit of a head start on it. Anyways, I said this already, but I'll say it again. Connacht went from 12-3 down to 20 points to 12 up just after halftime, a 17-point run. Then Leicester turned the tide, made the subs, got the dominance in the scrub, and they scored 17 unanswered points and started to run away with it. But Connacht got that late score. So it was an interesting kind of yin-yang battle it was it was It was. you come away in Europe you go away from home if you get a losing bonus point you've done well if you do get a losing bonus point against a team that's unbeaten this year you've done incredibly well not something Connacht have ever managed to do before so that's a huge result from a Connacht perspective here's the story of the game you're going to hear from myself and William in the commentary you're going to hear from Alan and Dave who were down alongside us uh, we'll talk to you in a sec four metres from the Connacht line Connacht couldn't convert in this position a few minutes ago Leicester looked better again the hand comes out I think there's another advantage they're going to attack the corner they're in the corner Leicester lead 5-3 they look rattled Connacht they're struggling and Hegarty is in for a try 23 minutes into this contest and Connacht after a very promising start are looking like a side that are in for a heavy heavy beating unless they get underneath that post and start having a conversation with themselves Connacht ball outside the 22 the pass is flat it bounces off her Leicester shoulder oh what an offload from Aki he's given it to John Porch and Porch is in for the try that came from nowhere and Connacht are back in the game 12 points to 8 with a conversion to come Burns Gary Owen and there's no one really alive to this this could go anywhere it bounces once and it's into a Leicester hand so Connacht have made a hands of that half time coming in just over 60 seconds and Connacht have a huge defensive stand to do Leicester ball 10 metres outside the Connacht have to field can Connacht keep their discipline first and foremost because they haven't done so on previous Leicester attacks big moment in the game 12-10 Leicester trying to make it happen they're making a hands of it that is Ford it comes out of the hands and Jack Cardi has it and Cardi's going the other way he's going all towards the try line he's going to go under the post Jack Cardi scores Connacht are going to lead 
for halftime, let alone concede. What a disaster for Leicester. What a moment for the man from Roscommon. Okay, Dave, halftime. Connacht are winning. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that with 10 minutes ago. I wasn't expecting that with 10 seconds ago. Because we made a hames of a kick. We, made, we just let, we let, we let a, a kick bounce in the middle of the field. They took it up can now see why they don't run too much with the ball the prop looks shocked to be throwing the ball they get it to, to Burns at halfback and you know what happens when Burns playing a halfback against Connacht we picked up an interception we went in under the post I mean we have to deal better with some of the kicks going up but even when even when it's it, you think oh they're gonna this is this is going really badly it hasn't I mean the spirit is there it doesn't always come off we could end up with the second half a bit like Leicester but we could end up with the second half a bit like last week or a second half like Ulster we don't know and that's the joy of watching Connick you don't know and more importantly Leicester don't know I don't think this is what they expected I don't think it's what the crowd expected and to be fair with 10 minutes ago it's not what we expected so 17-12 lap it up boys this is fun at the moment Connick trying to get the shove on that's not bad no penalty as of yet now it goes to ground now they have the penalty free play for Leicester Connick push up in the back line they make their tackles as they have to but they know that the advantage is coming to Leicester here go the Tigers on the short side a little chip over the top Port is coming back Connacht are going to catch this we'll go back for the penalty and now we get the yellow card the yellow card goes to Finlay Beal out it comes from Youngs do they have the numbers surely they have an extra man he's out to Sarri Sarri Mack is going in for the try and he scores Cardi's gone for every last inch of that what a kick from Jack Cardi five metres from the line well, Connacht have a shot at a losing bonus here you'd have to say Fair play. He took his life in his hands he and he went for it did. off the outside of the boot. Now get this call right and get a score and get a bonus point. Anything. Penalty. Last try. Play. Last play. It's a losing bonus point that they would snap your hands off beforehand. They deserve for their efforts, but they've been malfunctioning in these situations. They're looking for any score here. The throw is to Delan. The mall is set. And now Connick try and get going towards the line. Leicester come in and disrupt. They're on the wrong side. They're pulling it to ground. Connick have got it out. Connor Oliver has it. Brilliant defence from Leicester. They're scampering. Connick are in trouble. They're on their feet. They're over the ball. They're trying to kill it. Connick are 10 metres from the line. That's a mess. And they nearly lost it, but Papa Lee did very well to hold on. He wants to show what he's capable of. Beautiful legwork from Papa Lee. Gets Connick back on the front foot. Tuamaga with the carry. He's a big man. He's the new signing. Connick drive on. They're underneath the post looking for any sort of score. Even a drop goal. Jack Cardi goes for the drop goal. Looking for the score. Has Cardi got it? He has got it. Jack Cardi gets the losing bonus point. That is hugely important for Connick. 29-23. They lose this game. But that's brilliant from the Connick captain. David's full time we're going to battle with this sound system which is even louder than the sports ground which I didn't think was possible but Connick managed to get a losing bonus point that's a result um, yeah first of all apologies, apologies to John Mulligan I will never complain again um, yeah I'm frustrated I'm frustrated because potentially that game was there for the winning and Steve Borthwick wins it with, his tactic, with, with, with one change um, we, you were spotting it well into the game. They made us. They also made a change. I said that guy said at 60 minutes. Whitcomb was huge. Dan Cole was huge. I'm still annoyed with the, some of the refereeing decisions. We lose by six points, where there's seven points is given by a forward from a, one of the clear forward pass. Ultimately, though, 
they they changed their ten, they changed their front row. Uh, we couldn't handle we couldn't handle the change in the front row. Um, I said we would be lucky to get 14 points in the start if we, if we were within 10 points in the start again. We take it. Um, we got a losing bonus point. We can beat these guys at home, but they won't come with that starting 15. Not a chance. No, no. Well, let's see what happens when we get to the sports ground. Assuming it's still on at that stage. Welcome back. Let's hear from Andy Friends. Mixed feelings for himself and Jack Carty, who you'll hear afterwards as well. Andy Friend, Welford Road. It didn't go very well last year. You can call this a much better performance from Connacht. An important losing bonus point in the context of the competition. How important was that late drop goal? Yeah, really important to us, Rob. I actually thought it was probably just in the end. Um, but, you know, some life isn't fair sometimes. But, we, you know, to manage to get that, uh, I thought, you know, we didn't, we didn't come here to get a losing bonus point. We came here to win. Um, the win was out of our reach in, when we went to that last line out. But to get the losing bonus point, I thought, was a compliment to the team and, and to Jack Carty for, for having the, uh, the wherewithal and then the ability to get the ball across the, uh, over the post. So, yeah, listen, we'll take it with where we were with 30 seconds to go, but uh, not what we came here for. Because of their dominance in the scrum, it seems like it was a logical result in the end that they won. But had Connick been able to match them there, you might argue that Connick were the better side overall. The scrum seemed to be key. The scrum was key, you know. It, but also, yeah, to me, it could have been a different game, Rob, if, if we execute some of the, the opportunities that we, we, we created. Um, now, we didn't. Uh, and we've got to get better at that. But when you're... Yeah, you're only eight points up and there's 25 minutes to go at Welford Road. The one thing you can't be giving them is is territory and then yellow cards because uh, that hurts you and that's what that's the penalty we paid there today. But listen, we'll take a lot of, of positives out of that, but it's not what we came here for, as I said. Yeah, the stats kind of back up what you said there and the 80% conversion rate for them. I think it's around 35% conversion rate in the 22 from Connacht. Uh, we saw a line-out towards the end that went wrong number of chances. Kieran Marmion had a brilliant half break that wasn't converted when it was a six-point game. There are the things you'll be really regretting. Yeah, we just um, you know, even in the first half we, we created a great line break off a launch and, and you know the ball goes into touch. Uh, we had other opportunities where balls got put down but um, listen, that's that's all learns for us. I said it's, a, it's probably the biggest stage that some of these blokes have played on uh, so there's potentially some nerves there but uh, what I do know, Rob, is that we've got the game plan that, that can hurt teams and we've just got to keep working on that and with that and keep believing in it. It's been a really tricky time for all rugby teams with a lot of challenges in terms of COVID. It must be really just great from your perspective that you've got two games in now, got a win with a bonus point, picked up another one, six points is a good return out of a possible 10 and, and that takes you into the Christmas period. Yeah, um, I think coming to Welford Road and picking up a, a, a bonus point, I suppose a lot of teams would be happy with it. And, and upon reflection, listen, to get six points with our opening two games is not a bad outcome. As I said, it's not what we wanted. We wanted more um, and we'll keep striving for more, but uh, it sets us up in a, we're in an okay position. Just one last curious question. Are you, are you happy with the impact of the bench? Do you feel like the squad's in a good position going into the Ulster Munster game? Yeah, I am, Rob. I actually thought the bench came on and, and did well for us. Um, and we're still building that depth and we're still building. You know, we've got a lot of youth in that side. Um, uh, and, and they haven't been, if they're not getting selected in that 23, they're not getting a lot of other rugby. So it's a real balancing act for us. But I was happy with the, with the overall uh, impact of the bounces. Thanks, Andy. Safe trip. Cheers, Rob.
Hey, Jack. What's up? It's, it's a great ground to play in, I'd say, and it's probably a better ground to uh, come off the field, at least having a point. That, that seems like an important kick to get. I know you're just going to be ultimately disappointed with losing the game, but we're kind of feeling like there's a big positive there to get that point at the end. Um, yeah, I suppose at that at that point it was um, or that point of the game we kind of had, you know, we coughed up a line out maybe two or three minutes previously before. So um, I think if you'd given us a point with five minutes left, we would have taken your hand off. Um, albeit the ball, my ball drop when I was about to kick it, I was like kind of halfway through it. I was like, this is definitely not going over. But um, yeah, look at the moment, I suppose we're okay with the one point. Um, we were definitely in a position there to win it, and I think it was a. It was a bit of a seesaw battle at that stage and we really needed to kind of grab the game by the scruff of the neck and I don't think we probably did that at the pivotal time. Um, gave them field position, then, you know, their forward power. Um, you know, inevitably we gave away points or gave away penalties which led to points. So um, I think it's just about us when we get into them positions, really grabbing the game and, you know, killing it. You're sticking to a game plan that seems to be paying off, even with all the errors. I think you only converted 35% of your chances in the 22 yet you're still coming out of this with a battling performance. So I think overall, the way Connacht are playing seems to create a lot more scoring chances. Yeah, and look, I think when we, if you look back at last week, we we definitely converted them chances this week when, you know, it goes up another level or two. <clears throat> um, you know, we had a fumble kind of five metres out in the first half. And I suppose if that was last week, we would have converted it. And they're the moments in these games, you don't get many of them. Um, so you have to take them. Um, I think in, in the first half, we controlled field, the field territory quite well. Um, you know, we exited cleanly and I think our kicking game was quite good, managed by the back three, nines and tens. I think maybe in the second half, um, you know, they maybe got a they got the better of us in that respect. And you can see then that we ended up um defending malls, defending scrums in the wrong part of the field. So um it'll definitely be something that we'll look at for next week because it'll be something quite similar with Ulster. Jack yourself, how are you feeling right now? You've played every game and you started every game, which is a, a key thing, I'm sure, for yourself. The momentum going into Christmas. Are you really looking forward to getting that chance now to get to Ravenhill and just keep this going? Uh, yeah, um, body's feeling good, thankfully. Um, uh, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm enjoying playing. I feel fresh, so uh, I like, I, I'm like. i feeling that I'm playing well. So it's, the more games I have, um, the better for me. And I think, I suppose that's what anyone wants, is a bit of momentum, um, games you can string together. And thankfully, um, I'm seen, managing to do that. Um, so yeah, next week will be massive. It'll be a different test. You know, they... We're obviously coming off the back of two two massive wins so um yeah we're under no illusions kind of with christmas and stuff it'll be a, a different challenge for us and six points from 10 in your champions cup knockout stages is the target it's a possibility no uh yeah i definitely think if you would have said that to us before we probably would have taken it however after today we're, we're i suppose as friendly alluded there we're, we are quite disappointed with um, how we managed that in around the 60 60 70 minutes look there was a missed kick to touch for me out in the full um, handling errors, I think there may have been 11, could be more, um, which when you're playing teams like this, you can't give them entries into your into your red zone. So, um, yeah, look, it's kind of, we're kind of middling at the moment, I guess. From the post-game interviews, uh, my counterpart on BBC Radio Leicester, Chris, chatted to us afterwards. This was our initial kind of, you know, after the post-match reaction, bit of a buzz. Uh, we recorded this in a flurry and uh, he joined us for a bit of a chat. So enjoy this, folks. In the midst of all this fun, we've got BBC, Le- BBC Radio Leicester's uh, main commentator, my counterpart. Absolutely, Chris. Introduce Chris, I just said, sorry. Well, it actually helps because it helps warm the jaw up, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> um, so we just said, we said, let's start podcasting so we can stay alive. <laughs> 
This is it. I tell you what, it's this, I'd like to point out that, I, I mean, I know it's obviously the warmest of welcomes in Galway. I've been there, but I, I've experienced what you term a light breeze and the rest of us call a force nine. Um, so I think, it's, I think it's fair to say we saved the, the good weather for you uh, for this week. This is, this is the coldest we've been this season, I promise you. I don't want to oversell it here because you know, you know how much we respect this club, Leicester Rugby. It's no surprise to you that we get excited about coming to Welford Road. I'm hoping it's a sense of pride because every Connacht person who was able to travel in these difficult times and ourselves, this is an amazing place to watch a rugby game. It was cracking game. Well, you timed it well because this is only the second game we've had in the Crumbie Stand press box. Um, for the whole period of COVID, we've actually been on the other side of the ground in, in uh, filling in one of the uh, the disabled bays. And you're actually... It, it, it's... it's um, Swings and roundabouts, snakes and ladders to a certain extent, um, because you're further away from the play, uh, which means I need a binoculars to actually see the other side of the pitch. No joke either. Um, but equally, you get a broader sense of the game. But you lose the atmosphere, and I think you, even though there was only seventeen thousand in here today, um, you know, not bad, not bad, but. I think in the current climate you can understand why it was a little low compared to the last game against here at Queen's, which was a sellout. I don't want to bring up bad memories, but when Leicester got that man advantage midway through the second half, you feel it here in the stand and you feel the crowd with the, with the feet stamping on this wooden stand. I mean, the Crumbie is the last one to be updated. Um, it will go eventually. But not in a long way. Well, bear in mind, this is the reason why Tigers... Missed out on a on a 2019 sorry 2015 World Cup uh, games. That's why they were staged across the road. The facilities here weren't considered good enough by World Rugby to uh, to stage games. It's about the size of capacity and now the facilities because they, they want to make it on a par with the Olympic Games and the Football World Cup as much as they can at least anyway. And to be fair, staging it here. It's not going to work now. So. Oh, I, I, I think you miss. I could feel, as you say, when, when Leicester were there and they were getting scrum after scrum and the crowd were getting... I felt like, wow, this place. Yeah. This place. There was just a history that was coming out of this stand that was just like, whoa, this is so class. This is why I wanted to come. This is why I was quite willing to travel. We've missed this. And we've missed this because one of the main issues being on the other side of the ground... Hey, look, we're just glad to be in the grounds, let's be fair. Um, you're slightly removed from that atmosphere. It wasn't the case for the first game, the gap, the first game back against Bristol. You got the sense of that atmosphere. And this is what I'm worried about when, when Connacht do up the sports ground, whenever they get around to doing up the sports ground. The clan stand is very similar to the shed in Gloucester. It's small, it's, da- it's down, you're going to be sitting... If you do come across and we do have a game, you're going to be sitting in it. Yes. And you're going to just, it's just, whoa. For a small number of people, we make a lot, a lot of noise. I've not worked. I, I'm originally actually from Sale. And I, my brother, <laughs> I can say this on, the, on this podcast, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> lots of people know around here. But um, I always make sure that with my younger brother and I, we go on a sort of busman's holiday for me. And I bet, so when Sale were there... Last January, I was there. It was a decent game, actually. It was a, recent, a couple of years ago, in fact, wasn't it? Um, so I've, I've experienced the unique atmosphere of the, uh, the sports ground. And it's, and it's a, and, and fair place, we had a fabulous weekend all round. Um, so I think how Leicester adapt to that will be fascinating. I mean, they are on a good run, to get it back to, to here. They are on a good run, and you saw that with the confidence that they showed in the second half. Um, it'll be a proper game. Um, 
you'll see Ford and Genge back for that one, I tell you now, and others. You know, you, you forgive us, because like, it's, it's a big thing in Ireland anyways, what do you think of us? That's all we ever care about. So what do you think of us? So what do you, what do you think of us? Do you know, that's actually the classic question on any podcast involving the away side, isn't it? Saying, Come on, let's... No. You guys are great. How about, how about so us? Sod you lot, we want to talk about oh, no, us. No, no, no. You, it's, it's, it's very much the uh, you play well, how did I play well? Do you know, I... I th- I was actually, and we said we actually said this on commentary. I, I was actually really pleased that you got a bonus point out of that because I think that was the least that you deserved. Carty to me is class. Um, I wasn't that impressed with Bring Andy Farrell if you get a chance. Well, well, we'll have a word. We'll have a word. Although I don't know that the Farrells are necessarily... There's not many Leicester fans who are necessarily greatest fans of, uh, of the Farrells, to be fair. Um, Carty just ooze class. And actually, he remind me to a certain extent of some of George Ford's performances this season. Just these lovely, subtle, delayed passes. Um, the, the awareness to get on for that interception, well, effectively was an interception try just before half-time. And you, you, you sensed at the time that might be a crucial time. But it was the way also it led the line. To me, he oozed international class. Uh, even at the end of the game, when they're pushing for that uh, that drop goal or just something to get them a bonus point or something, the kick to the corner was just a thing of beauty. They pushed it right to the limits, and you've seen those go wrong before. Uh, and that wasn't the only one he pulled off as well. So I thought uh, Oliver, the open side, I thought he looked good. Um, Prendergast with that lovely open, uh, offload that, that, that could, have caused, could have caused Tiger's problems. I think... It came from a team playing with confidence, um, with a little bit more gnarliness than, frankly, they showed in the last 16. They've clearly up the game. I wonder whether that's as much down, not just to the recruitment that you've made, but also the coaching team that have come in in the last 12 months or so. So, to me, I, 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 love, I love the way Collins approached it. I thought they were unfortunate. I think a different Leicester side in a different season would have found that even tougher. Because bear in mind, with Leicester's decline, it's not just the two seasons where they're 11th. Bear in mind, they've not really seriously competed at the Champions Cup level since they lost to Racing in the semi-final, and that was five years ago. It will be a proper game in Galway. A proper, proper game. I just hope we get the game. Because I think, the, I think what we're all worrying about in the back of our mind is, are there going to be new restrictions? Are we going to... There's talk in the papers over here. There might be a circuit breaker, but we just in typical Boris style, we don't know when it's going to be. And then if there's only one weekend free, if they go take the last 16 to just a straight one-game affair, um, then you start to think, well, when can we stage these games? And we might be back into the situation we were in last season. I hope not. I hope not, because... Yeah, we want to see lots of your fans over, because they love it. And, and I trust me, having sampled more than a little of the, uh, the Galway atmosphere in the past. We have a list of pubs. Uh, well, we all, well, we've won pub. Mercy Rabbits. It's the only place to go to. Cause they, not because they sponsor us, because they are the best pub in Galway. There's the pub. Well, no, no, I... I I, I, I may have sampled one or two of the others, uh, one or two or even seven or eight. So, look, the, 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 that will be an occasion. That will be a proper occasion. It's been brilliant to have you on. I want to get you back. Make sure, whatever it takes, if you need me to write a letter to the BBC to say we need you over there. 
Uh, we were working at I fear governments might have to be persuaded too. But look, no one's uh, writing a letter to Boris Johnson. Uh, well, this, <laughs> look, um, fingers crossed we're all in Galway. Let's do this again in a pub in uh, in the middle of January. But look, but look, but look, we've loved having you over. Here. It was great to actually see the reaction to the uh, to the two tries. So it showed that there were a few who made the trip from uh, from Western Ireland. So look. Um, Let's just do this again in slightly different times, free of COVID. And also, let's improve the bloody weather as well. (laughs) Joseph, it's so bloody cold. Okay, thank you. This is what they call in the podcast industry a drop-in from Dublin Airport. We're going to go back to Welford Road and back in the time-space continuum in a couple of seconds' time. But we just need to jump in and say that Jack Cardi got a grand slam and we felt the need to, to mention this and in the midst of the chaos after a game sometimes we forget things William we don't you know pick up on everything uh, we did and uh, we actually met him at the airport and had a little chat with him and um, he was quite pleased to have scored a try a conversion a penalty and a drop goal namely as we're just from re-familiarising ourselves with the famous grand slam Alan Deegan is the master of all spreadsheets and stats to do with Connacht Rugby in the professional era. Soon to be the amateur era as well, but let's just focus on the professional era. That's happened multiple times, has it? Never. Never? Never. We've had a lot of our illustrious out-halves who've done three of them, where they've got a penalty, a conversion and a drop goal. The likes a of try, a penalty and a whatever. Very rarely it's done that way. Very rarely have we got a try and then three of the others, but that has happened too. But, you know, I just focused on the drop goals because that's the one that's the hardest, like... Dan Park's done it on numerous occasions. Eric Elwood did it a couple of times. This is three of the four. Mark McHugh, three of the four, where they've got a drop goal, a penalty, and a, a conversion. I, you know, I could go down through the tries as well, but effectively, I just went for the drop, the kicks. I went for the kicks rather than just adding in the try. They definitely didn't score tries. And a couple of guys that you wouldn't have expected: the likes of Niall O'Connor, Ian Keatley, and Tim Donnelly. Tim Donnelly? No. No. I can see the reaction, even though Williams wears his mask. I can see that reaction. <laughs> did he do it in Breathe? He hardly did it in Breathe, William, did he? <laughs> prefer not to that say what he did in right. Breathe. That wasn't a good performance for Tim. And, and, by, the way, and, and by the way, people were asking, you know, when was the last time Jack scored a drop goal or we scored a drop goal? I said it was against Toulouse. Actually, no, it wasn't. It was last February against Dragons when Jack scored a drop goal. Ah, stop, lads. Do you know, I don't know if we talk about it in the rest of the pod, so just to finish on, William, it was a quick-fire decision after a scrappy line-out, two phases on the back foot, and he just, like, we asked, I asked him briefly, did you, uh, this was off the record in the airport, or sorry, not off the record, but this is off air in the re- uh, airport, he won't mind me sharing it, I was like, did you call that just, like, a few seconds before? He said, yeah, we just needed to realign and get it done. Well, that's great thinking, because mm. the bonus point, we said it, could be vital. Might not be, but probably will be. And we've also, in our own discussions, pointed out that Munster have traded on this for very many years. That going away and getting a bonus point is a huge achievement. And I think when it settles in and you look at the performance, it actually is the minimum that Connacht deserved. And they took the chance and they got it. My phrase for that is championship uh, attitude. And that's what it was. And when you put that one point and you stack it on the five that's why it looks so good because they put the five in the bag they've added a point it feels like more okay that's almost it but one other bit of news is swirling around by the time you listen to this we'll have heard more on it and it will come up in the midweek pod that Alan is sharing during the week I think Lindley's back with us for that one Alton Delan rumours in Le Cuit today that he's heading to Ronogar and La Rochelle although I thought Ronogar was heading to Munster maybe not no I don't think Ronogar is going to happen. Munster no. he wrote a big article in the examiner about why he couldn't yes, he, he didn't do it so no yeah no I think it looks 
But I, I just, I, I, I digress. Of course, he's going to stay with La Rochelle. But the, the point is, yeah, Halton Delan. Yeah, it's looking like it's looking like he's he's signed a three-year deal, as reported in L'Equipe, which is um, it's sad to see in one sense that we're losing a great player, but you know he certainly doesn't know us anything, and and um, has been an unbelievably brilliant servant for us. It reminds me of when John Muldoon was was humming and hawing ready to get that last contract. You know, n- nothing left to give for Connacht in one sense, but it would be great if we could get him for a few more seasons, and I've no doubt he would give every last drop of energy if he did. Yeah, but a professional player, and you have to, you know, maximise your income. That's that's your job, as well as playing good rugby. Uh, he's been a brilliant servant for Connacht. If this news is correct, I wish him well. I hope he has a good time over there. Uh, he was born in France. He speaks French, and I think he'll be an asset for any side that uh, would get him. We're going to miss him, but that's the way rugby works. Okay, folks, more on that during the week. Let's get back to the part from Wilford Road back we come we're wrapping things up here from Welford Road look bottom line for our listeners we're going to have lots of coverage of Ulster this week things move on William it's a fast moving pace who knows what's coming around the corner in terms of performance as well so let's just sit back and enjoy the fact that two rounds of Europe and Connacht are where they could have better than they could have hoped for I'd say yeah absolutely five point win last week I mean Stad came with a big reputation. They didn't didn't leave the sports ground with much of one, but uh, and then Connacht have come here and they've got the point, and they would have taken that at the start, irrespective of how the game panned out. Uh, and yeah, if they tighten it up a bit here, they they could. They, this was a, maybe an opportunity to to do something a little bit special, but it didn't happen. But they got the point. They're up and running in Europe. Uh, two heavy duty games, URC coming up. Uh, St Stephen's Day uh, or Boxing Day next Sunday is going to be uh, a tough one I think Ulster are, Ulster didn't enjoy their defeat at the Aviva and they've played some good rugby since two wins in Europe and then Munster who um, have been doing all sorts of things and having all sorts of problems um, but are still winning games uh, so yeah that's much to look forward to and I just hope with Covid that we're able to stay um on top of all this, we'll just have to be guided by the experts and what we're told. Connacht has multiple PCR tests this week, so everyone was OK. Dave, I think they're starting to get over some of the injuries. They had to go deep into the squad, though. The boys came off the bench didn't do too bad. I like to look at Fafita when he came on, Pepe Lee as well, Tom Agus first game. Yeah, I mean, it's cohesion at the moment. Those guys haven't played a lot of rugby. They certainly haven't played a lot of rugby together. It was good to have them come on. At least they weren't driven backward in the tackle. I mean, it's, I mean that's a very, very difficult uh, Leicester squad to knock. But, you know, when they hit you, some of the hits, oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, relatively speaking, we're quite we're a relative distance, a large distance from the ground. You can hear them. It was, it was a battle, and I think it's good to see. We're going to need those guys going forward. Um, as you say, we've got um, Ulster coming up, who... Uh, the, I was listening to I was listening to the commentary from BBC Ulster. They feel that losing Stuart McCluskey is even bigger than losing Ian Henderson. Alan, got to ask you this: you said it beforehand, and I think you were right. Bundyaki needs a few games to be Bundyaki. He was still really, really effective there, as we saw. But it's not the fullest of the full yet. I think coming through Christmas, if we could have him for a couple more games, could be critical. I think Ireland need him to have a couple more games. He Bundy needs to play more rugby. You could see it as the game went on, he got better and better. Because he was getting more hits and he was getting more into it and he was getting he was getting tougher going, you know. So you sort of have to say, yeah, let's see more of Bundy. Big thing he was doing today, because I had the binoculars on him a few times, he never stopped talking. He was organising, directing, cajoling around him. And I think there was a period last season where that wasn't happening. He was just playing his game. He was a different man out there today. Maybe this has come from the Lions tour, but he was so voluble 
and that really helped um, because players were looking to him. He was animated all the time. That was huge. And, and, and he also has more belief in the players around him. Like we look at that pass he made earlier on in the game, yeah, yeah. You know, where he, he probably should have taken it on for a few more steps. I think he, he might have thought that, you know, Connacht are playing so well and the players are so good I can let the other guys take this and run with it and score and there was an element of that that he's playing he's more of a game he's more of a team player now than he was last year and that's definitely come since the Lions and Dave if we're going to go to Ravenhill and beat them again which just seems so unlikely when they're going to be so angry he's going to be critical well they're all going to be critical it was good to see everybody that came back um, played well um, Tiernan came back was, was solid on the high ball but it, you, you don't you don't you don't feel you don't feel worried if it's Tiernan or if it's um, or if it's going to be or we'll see both can do a job we don't know where Mark Hansen will he be available for for these two games I mean he'll come in um, I'd like to see Alex Wooten get a bit more ball he does seem to be very cold as almost as cold as us so um, I'd see Tom Daly back who got injured in that Ulster game in a way that should have been punished but wasn't anyways unfortunately Tom won't be back for that game but Tom Farrell hopefully will come back into the equation and then we, got, we look at the forwards um, we'll have hopefully Oshin Dowling um, Jordan Duggan will come back in as well just a few guys who picked up knocks I know we no Paul Boyle no poor Boyle, but we'll see Owen Masson. And I'd like to see TJ uh, start one of those games. He f- he is, I mean, it's you just you have to see this. It's, it's, it's like grounds. You have to see this man. I can't describe him. He's big. <laughs> Say goodbye, everyone. we got to get going. Ciao. William. Cheerio, folks. Thanks for listening. Sign up. You guys are getting this podcast and every post-game podcast for free because we think you're the best in the world and thank you for that. And if you can't sign up to our club membership and make sure you spread the word about this podcast to get as many listeners as possible. Dave Funtop. Yeah, can I just say thank you to Gary Sherrod who's the Press and Communications Officer of Leicester. He's gone above and beyond this week to get us into this game and without him we wouldn't actually literally be here. Cracking guy, cracking club. Yes, and Adam Woody from BBC Radio Leicester has been a massive help to us, along with Chris Edgerton. We deal with some great uh, opposition radio stations, but this is one of the best, really, and that's saying something. And I won't be in Belfast because I'll be picking my daughter up. She's coming home from Canada for the first time in three years. Hi, Cass. Big hi to Cassie. She loves getting reception uh, shout-outs on the radio. All right, that's it. Uh, we asked for questions from you guys on the Discord, and Alan lost track of his phone, so he's fired. And uh, I just want you to know that in the midweek podcast, uh, Alan has promised Alan has promised to ask, answer these questions as part of our midweek podcast, and he will personally write the apology. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes Sad and confused Don't wait until